0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film A Good Year. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy.
0: Hello there. Woo-hoo, woo! We're back! <laughs> it is the return. The return has been made.
1: How The return of the king, obviously, yeah. So we we just had the two towers before that, before the break. Um, and now it's the return of the king.
0: Yeah. We are big boys, do not cry. And we're <laughs> back to talk shit about films. Yes, we are.
1: I love that. Um, yeah, what well, really what we should have done was saved um, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis for this, so then that could have really been the return of the king. Uh-huh. Oh, that's true.
0: That's true.
1: But we couldn't wait to watch that, could we?
0: But we've got another film where pretty much everybody in it is... Wow.
1: Is... <laughs> that's true, actually. I forgot about that. I was going to say everybody in it is some kind of king. But yeah, <laughs> despotic and bastardly.
0: <laughs> so... We're watching a movie.
1: We're watching a movie. How do we watch a movie again? What's a movie? I, I can't remember how to do this. It's, it's been like a, it's a, been a long book, time.
0: For, your <laughs> oh, a book right. isn't for your eyes. Oh, that's right. not for your eyes.
1: Well, a book can be
0: for your ears as well. Yeah, a multi-sensory experience.
1: A movie is for both your eyes and your ears, I suppose. Yes. Or well, unless you you are perhaps hard of hearing, in which case you might watch it with captions or subtitles, which is fine, obviously. So it can be just for your eyes. And sometimes, uh, to be honest, I put a film on and I'm sort of doing something else. So sometimes I don't see everything, but I always hear everything. I heard every line of Russell Crowe's dialogue in this film. I didn't necessarily see his face every time, but I don't think I really needed to, did I?
0: (laughs) No, I don't think you did. Um, So this is uh, a good year. 2024, yes, this is a good year, isn't it? It remains to be seen whether 2024 itself will be a good year. But, you know, well, it's
1: Lunar New Year soon. Do you know what year it's, it is coming up? It's the Dragon. It's the Year it, of the Dragon. It's
0: our year. Our year. Knew. We're, we're Dragon Boys, aren't we? We are indeed. Um. So, but yes. So it's a, a good year. Um, it's a good the year.
1: film in which um, Russell Crowe decides to go to France and chill and make tyres, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> And then there's a follow-up. A Goodyear versus Pirelli. Yeah. The start <laughs> like, of the um, rubber cinematic universe.
1: Like Alien versus Predator. It's yeah. like that, that kind of Batman ambitious crossover. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's one when, yeah, he makes tires and they fly the Goodyear blimp. And he says, awfully bold of you to fly the Goodyear blimp on a year that has been bad
0: thus far. <laughs> exactly. Um, so this is a movie that people it's an interesting one Diehard ridley scott fans are very dismissive of it because it's not about war or gladiators or, or
1: about war. napoleon shaking his fist at the pyramids
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> um and apart from that though critics didn't like this movie but audiences kind of did so, only gets a 47 on Metacritic. Um, Peter Bradshaw, friend of the podcast, <laughs> Peter Bradshaw.
1: You've brought Peter Bradshaw into this quite early on, and I have to say, unfortunately, I really, really hate to support Peter Bradshaw, but I thought what he wrote about this film really was spot on. So
0: you do think that this is a humorous cinematic slice of tourist gastro porn?
1: Yes, exactly. I couldn't remember the phrase, but I thought that was a fairly accurate assessment. <laughs>
0: um i have a bit of a soft spot for this movie um it does not make me laugh it does not make me feel anything but there's just something vaguely cozy about it this is a lazy sunday afternoon when you're half asleep film and i think there's something to be said about lazy sunday afternoon half asleep films
1: yep before the caffeinated gravy kicks in
0: <laughs> Or the caffeinated gravy kicks in <laughs> Um, however, can I just say, every single part of this movie that takes place in England is the most obnoxious thing you're ever going to watch in your life.
1: Yeah, it's definitely very noticeably pre-financial crash, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Um, so this movie, I should probably give a quick plot summary. Russell Crowe is uh, yeah. I, a... I reckon a lot I'm of people
1: a... listening to this show probably haven't seen it. Like, yeah. I don't feel like it's that well known.
0: He is a uh, a sassy bank man. He's doing all those financial deals. He's like a stockbroker investor. He's a money man. Sell high and buy low. Oh, I'm a smart man. I'm going to do you over other stock people. Um, and that's what he is. And that's all he does. He does not take holidays. He does not sleep. He does not eat. All he does is make money. Um, but that wasn't always the case. And when he was a young boy, he used to summer with his uncle um,
1: he summoned as a verb
0: (laughs) yes uh, with his uncle who has a vineyard estate in the southeast of France Um, when his uncle dies Max aka Russell Crowe takes over the property he's the sole beneficiary and he goes and decides oh I'll quickly sell this place and make more money because I'm a money man um, but then before too long, he starts falling in love with the place and remembering why he enjoyed going there. And it's about it's a it's a it's basically about a man discovering that there's more to life than money. Um, the problem is that this story actually. The problem is that he doesn't really, does he? No. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: at least he does. But because of the way it's set up and the way it's framed and the sort of strange approach to filmmaking, it doesn't feel like he changes at all, even though he does. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, And I think part of the problem is that dickhead investment banker decides that he's now going to make wine when he gets bored of making money. That's a story that happens all the time in real life. If you yeah. look at vineyards, particularly vineyards in England the vast majority of them that is the story is i used to be an investment banker and then i got bored of making the world a worse place in this way and now i'm going to add more alcohol to a world which already has alcoholism <laughs> yeah that's fair um and so that kind of takes the edge off the story that actually this is a regular thing that happens and the people that do this are still awful human beings generally you know if you're going to do that kind of like arc
1: rich guy redemption arc thing you should have him sort of do something that isn't rich guy stuff and ultimately all of the stuff he does is rich guy stuff isn't it
0: it is it is something you that also I think-
1: you also kind of sold this to me as the film where he either makes a lot of wine or drinks a lot of wine and he actually doesn't do a lot of either of those things <laughs> no. he mostly just still walks around doing rich guy stuff
0: yes um i think there is a way that you could very quickly make this movie into something very, very good. And that is to remove the romantic element of the film entirely.
1: I thought you were going to say, do it like a Pride and Prejudice and Zombies thing. A good year.
0: A good year for the living dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: George A. Romero's A Good Year for the Living Dead. <laughs>
0: Um, because I think there's certain parts of this movie where there's a really strong it's worth pointing out, by the way, that there aren't necessarily many changes that could have made they could have made to this plot because um it's it's adapted from a book by some bloke. Um by some bloke who, who
1: also wrote the novel A Year in Provence, which is also a famous film where people do yeah, the same kind of thing. I, I understand. I have not And do you it. do
0: you know why that is? Because the author is a former businessman who became an author when he moved to France. Right. That makes so sense. So basically yeah. it's <laughs> it's it, he basically writes his life with a slight variation on it over and over again from the yeah. sounds of it. Um anyway <laughs> so um I think that there is a real great film here. Maybe not make him a really successful highfalutin stockbroker man and just a struggling person trying to get by doing a job who then inherits this house um and goes yeah. there and maybe
1: he's- yeah like it's it's falling apart it was yeah his uncle's like his uncle's place that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a rich guy especially as he's an orphan maybe he's yeah. just like a loser who who now has to deal with this thing
0: yeah and and maybe he's got that he's got the grind set right so he's desperate to make it in business but he's not sigma male grind he's got that sigma male grind set (laughs) but like everybody else with the sigma male grind set that does not translate to actual success and it just leads to bitterness and resentment he's gone through a
1: lot of seminars about real estate investing
0: (laughs) so then maybe he does he does come across this property and then is like, oh yeah, I can sell it and I can make that money, and then that will get me on track to be a, a, a big businessman. Um, but then does start to then fall in love with the property again, comes to respect that way of life and shifts. Essentially, what I'm saying is this could have been Stardew Valley the movie. <laughs>
1: that is a film I want <laughs> right? so much.
0: Which would I think they they sorry to sidetrack, but they desperately need to make like a Stardew Valley animated show. Yeah. I've been watching Pokemon Concierge. <clears throat> oh, it's so and good. Just isn't thinking, it? oh, I'd love like a Stardew Valley TV show in this format. It would be so good.
1: With stop motion, you think? With little fuzzy with stop puppet motion, guys.
0: Yeah, with, with little fuzzy puppet guys, I think would be great. A little um, fuzzy
1: puppet guy of Russell Crowe walks to town and then it's dark and he has to walk back and it's too late to water <laughs> his crops. And then the next day he has to go down the mines.
0: And and then the next day he goes through the bins and gets caught by Marion Cotillard going through the bins. Yeah. Which is every every Stardew Valley player's experience. Um, but no, I think maybe that could have worked. So you're not immediately disliking this guy like you are in a good year, where you immediately think this guy is a massive prick. Yeah, And then it takes a long time for that prickness to disappear, if it ever fully does.
1: But what I will say is that I think Russell Crowe's performance was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think it's absolutely brilliant, but it's still, it almost makes it even more annoying because he's so good at being this awful, irritating character that you hate.
0: Yeah, because there's a few things. Who doesn't redeem
1: himself or really change, or, yeah.
0: There's a few things that really work against this film, and a lot of them are to do with the time. So, like you said, it's pre financial crash. So, when this movie came out, you didn't necessarily hate investment bankers as much as you do now. Um, There's also the moment where he shouts Lance Armstrong at a bunch of cyclists. (laughs) You're like, oh, you probably wouldn't do that these days. No. Um,
1: (laughs) So, that was quite a funny moment where it's like, yeah, cycling. Lance Armstrong, of course. Why not?
0: yeah just 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 ruffling the feathers of all of these french cyclists um i don't necessarily disagree that he doesn't he doesn't change i think by the end of the film where he's you know he's he's potentially giving up his ownership of the of the estate by highlighting to that, that there is a mysterious nef- uh, a mysterious cousin turns up yeah that he didn't didn't know existed Um, and there's some dispute about the legitimacy of whether she is the cousin or not but of course she would then become the actual beneficiary of the estate by French law and because Um,
1: she's attractive that means that the film has to have him have a conversation with Tom Hollander about whether it's incest to have sex with your cousin or whatever
0: (laughs) and then they try to play it off as oh well this is something that happens in France it's like I'm not sure it is (laughs) and that that kind of
1: betrays the fact I don't know if that's in the book or not, yeah. But that does yeah. kind of betray that it's a it's written by British people who've moved to France and not by <laughs> actual French people. This is
0: very much expat movie. Um, but like I said, I do still have a soft spot for it. I think the the main kernel of him falling in love with a different way of life, recognizing that actually the way that he did live wasn't right, um, and then having that eventual you know what well, all i want to do is just run a restaurant with this woman that i now love um out of nowhere <laughs> yeah and 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 leave the wine making to the artists rather than the people trying to make money i think all of that works quite well um unfortunately it is there are these issues along the way that kind of stop it from reaching mm that pure coziness of cinema that it could be.
1: Yeah. It's quite a long film and it can't decide whether to spend the time on the romance or on the wine thing or on the flashbacks. It's like, there's a lot of different elements competing for your attention actually. And I don't think they ever quite fully come together. Do they?
0: No. And I think, like I said, I think the, the best way that they could have done this is to remove that romantic element and just have it about, you know, him creating this this sense of worth in this place and recognising the value in this way of life but um, then he wouldn't have the
1: moment where he dri- he basically knocks a woman off her bike while he's driving and drives off and you go he's going to have sex with that woman isn't he he <laughs> this... <laughs> just knocked that woman off a bike and you know that he's they're going to be in bed together yeah, in the, an hour the, or so this,
0: the start of every romance is, is, um, is vehicular violence yeah. <laughs> hey it um... would have
1: worked for Hero Find Stiffin right <laughs>
0: 15 minutes minutes in and there's
1: the mention of yeah.
0: fuck I'm in a fucking vineyard (laughs) fucking hell can't get any fucking whiskey here
1: (laughs) I'll do a whiskey oh no you won't make because there's no whiskey here I'm going to have to
0: do a wine Um, I've just
1: inherited this billion pound house and I'm already a millionaire my life is so hard
0: fuck my life's fucking hard (laughs) Um, anyone who hasn't listened to any of our episodes on the after movies, um, please go and have a listen to the the after. Movies. I'll put the link in the, in the show notes to, yeah. Because, the first yeah. one,
1: the second one, I can't remember. The, the there's lot of five. He, he says he says the f word quite a lot.
0: There's there's five movies, and, and he's that's exactly episode. how he says it. Fuck, I'm here, fucking finds fucking Tiffin. <laughs> so yeah, the inevitable not a remake, nepo, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Probably the most egregious Nepo baby of all time, <laughs> let's be honest. But like, yeah, the, the inevitable remake is going to
0: star Harry Fine Stiffen. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of bits and pieces in the romance that don't work. The fact that they knew each other as kids and it only gets revealed at the end as a yeah, little... Yeah, that was that bad. That was just so cheesy and rubbish.
1: They didn't build that up enough, though. That's the thing. They actually could have made a really, really nice thing of that. And made they it a off. really interesting kind of nostalgia piece where they didn't really understand each other as children and now they come to understand each other. That, I think, could have actually been a really powerful romance.
0: That really could have been. But again, they really flubbed it. But um, the film,
1: again, it was too focused on he's a bastard banker, man, but you like <laughs> him, don't you? Basically. Yes. So I had to sing that, but...
0: Yeah, no that that's exactly that's exactly right. It spends too much time focusing on him as a cheeky a cheeky investment banker.
1: Yeah, and on um, him shorting stocks and doing the yeah. things that caused like, the financial crash.
0: Yeah, basically <laughs> the, the reason that our economy is shit is entirely Russell Crowe. It's because
1: UK. of you, Russell. What are you doing? <laughs> How could you do this to us? Um, he was apart there at the Bank me- of England today when they decided to, not to change the exchange rate, the um, yeah. interest rate.
0: Even. Yeah, he was, he was there he was there. He's the one who's decided that Labour is not going to do their £28 billion investment in green energy every yeah. year. He's the one who's, who's talked to Rachel Reeves and said, oh, can't do that, Rachel. And you what? It's not good for the markets. It's not good for your fiscal rules. No. Anyway, this is supposed to be a good year. <laughs>
1: Well, as you said, awfully bold of you to fly the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a funny old film, isn't it? It's yeah. It's definitely got that kind of mid two thousands energy. But as you say, the Ridley Scott thing is weird, isn't it? So we should we should dive into that. How did as he to, uh, even come to be making this film?
0: So Ridley Scott owned a house in Provence, right? And then decided he wanted to make a movie there. Uh, came across these books and thought, yeah, alright, this means I can just stay in my house in Provence and make a movie. It was that his house. Uh, no, but he had a house yeah. in Provence. So uh clearly <laughs> he decided, oh I like this part of the world. I'm gonna make a movie here. Oh these books are set here, this will do. And there we go. Um so It's so um, weird to me
1: that yeah the guy who made this film also made Blade Runner. Like what <laughs>
0: How how is
1: that allowed?
0: You just think of the other Russell Crowe Ridley Scott collaborations like Gladiator. Yeah. And you are just like, oh okay, and then we've got uh then we've got this. Are
1: you not okay. ent- entertained by me playing a, an English banker really well?
0: <laughs>
1: unfortunately, I was I was not, but as a great performance. I was captivated for sure. Yeah. By him. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is sandwiched between <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven and American Gangster. <laughs>
0: and then you've just got this little romantic movie. I've never seen either of wine. those. Have you not? No. Um, I don't think I've ever seen American Gangster, actually. Um, even though it's got some good people in it. Russia looks it's boring. Russian Crow, Denzel Washington. It's about gangsters. Yeah. I'm not um, really Kingdom interested of, in gangster films, to be honest. Kingdom of Heaven's fine. It's a war historic movie uh, about the Crusades. That if sounds you even more boring. I exac- <laughs> kind of know exactly what you're going to get. But the movie he made after that is actually rather good, Body of Lies, which again is Russell Crowe um, and Leonardo DiCaprio and it's a sort of spy thriller movie where Russell Crowe is like the intelligence officer and DiCaprio is the one on the ground doing all the shooty shooty bang bang yeah. and you never uh, quite know whether Russell Crowe is dodgy or not. Right. And so they do this really cool thing. So that's, that's a good one. Yeah. That's an underrated Ridley Scott movie, I think, Body of
1: Lies. I didn't even know that this existed. I'm looking at the poster now, and at the top, it just says DiCaprio and Crow. But there's quite a small gap between them, so it looks like the, the name of a single actor called DiCaprio Crow. I very much appreciate <laughs> <DiCapricro>. that. DiCaprio Crow. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate that design.
0: Um, yes. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Body of Lies actually not bad. Um, probably the best movie of that era yeah. like I said I've never seen American Gangster oh and then he's but... in the
1: rubbish Robin Hood isn't he yeah the,
0: just fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> really bad film that <laughs> awful that is awful you, have you ever yeah, se- yeah. Y- you've, you've seen it have you yeah and um, again
1: he's and... <laughs> he's ridiculous and good in it but it's terrible
0: yeah like I honestly oh,
1: and... can't think of anything where like he's genuinely bad I thought about that film, no. Winter's Tale, you know, where he had that awful accent. And he was still kind of good in that, even though it was, terror- it was a shit piece. Like, he's, got
0: he's got a got real... he horse. He is a fantastic actor, and he's got a real charisma to him, which means that even when he's doing a god-awful accent like in that movie...
1: Hold up. Um, Gladiator 2 is in post-production.
0: Yeah, they they bring him back from the dead through the power of... Zeus, I don't fucking know. <laughs> premise: yeah. After
1: the events of Gladiator, Lucius, the nephew of Commodus, is now a grown man. So, oh, uh, and played by Paul Mescal. No, come on, he's not a gladiator.
0: <laughs> I mean, surely he wouldn't be a gladiator anymore.
1: Yeah, that's a thing. Denzel Washington, Derek Jacobi, Pedro Pascal. Okay, Matt Lucas. Sorry, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> and i'm here for uh, it
0: yeah we'll see what happens do you do you like um do you like gladiator
1: yeah gladiator is good isn't it when
0: he says are you not entertained do you go yes i am
1: entertained i'm very entertained no that's that's a a whacking phoenix classic performance as well isn't it that's no that's a very good film i don't know if maybe i just saw it when i was young and impressionable and that was one of the first. like, I think that was one of the first sort of really quite violent films that I watched. I remember watching it with my my parents and my mum being uncomfortable with the fact that I was seeing that level of violence. You know, your parents didn't care, obviously. No, no
0: they were just like, "I no, just don't watch anything." <laughs> one thing that intrigues me is that there's another alien movie coming out. Alien Romulus. <laughs> it's alien
1: called Alien Romulus
0: um directed by a very good horror director fede alvarez who did the evil dead remake who did don't breathe um and i like him quite a lot however one thing that concerns me is that the premise is young people from a distant world must face the most terrifying life form in the universe are we gonna get like a fucking teenage alien movie the oh, whole no. cast is like <clears throat> is like teenagers
1: It's going to be Stranger Things in space
0: Yeah are we going to get Stranger Things but Alien Because I don't want that I want my Alien movies to be horrifically violent And traumatic for teenagers <laughs> and younger to watch Yeah Like they need to be They need to have that edge to them So I'm a bit concerned about that To be perfectly honest
1: Yeah um, that's no good Honestly no. the first Alien is a perfect film So like nothing could ever top that Yeah Aliens isn't bad but I I, I like I've aliens seen, a lot. I don't think um, I've seen any of the others. Have you not? No. People... Alien 3, No, I've seen Alien 3. I until oh, no, 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 I've seen Alien versus Predator in the cinema and it was rubbish.
0: <laughs> you know what's worse than Alien versus Predator?
1: <laughs> Alien versus Predator 2. Yes. Does that exist? It does exist.
0: <laughs> Alien vs. Predator Requiem, it's called.
1: <laughs> no, of course Truly
0: it is. Truly one of the worst movies ever made. Requiem
1: Romulus, And It's so dark Remus. that you
0: can't see what's going on. It's <sighs> genuinely incredible. Like, I remember I saw it in the cinema. I'm just like, I can't tell what's going on in this film because it's so dark. <laughs> it was amazing. I actually do have a soft spot for Alien Resurrection, which is the film which everybody hates. Um, it's directed by Jean-Pierre Jeunet, um, oh. so you know it's got that uh, it's got that French weirdness to it. Um, obviously, exactly the same movie as Amelie, but with an alien instead of Amelie. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> the same movie as um, the Fifth Element. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes same um,
1: movie as valerian in the city of a thousand planets
0: <laughs> precisely um and it, it does but it does have this weird quirkiness to it but actually it's a very fun little silly sci-fi horror movie um so actually i've got quite a, quite a soft spot for alien resurrection that a lot of fans of the alien franchise don't i'd say it's probably the third best alien movie then alien 3 then I don't know after that because the others are so bad, but yeah. <laughs> it's it <gets> quite difficult. Because <laughs> have you, have you seen Prometheus and alien covenant?
1: No, I've not seen any of those. Oh,
0: you're in for a treat. If you watch them, you've got, you've got Disney plus, don't you?
1: Yes, I do. At
0: some point you should, um, you should watch them because they're on there.
1: Well Disney plus.
0: Um, and yeah, they're, they're, two incredibly stupid movies <laughs> just nothing makes sense but there's some real highlights to the nonsense they're definite shit pieces is what i'd say Oh, brilliant
1: that like, sounds great like
0: enjoyable nonsense where if you think about things for even a second everything falls apart but you get to see michael fassbender playing a magic space flute and then potentially <laughs> fucking another Michael Fassbender <laughs> in the second one which is great. Um,
1: how so do you act watching. as a magic space flute?
0: Was that sorry?
1: How do you act as a magic space flute? That must be his most difficult role, surely.
0: He is not a magic space flute, but he plays oh. a magic place space flute as in plays it like a musical instrument.
1: Oh, I see, right. Um yeah. Nothing could ever top Assassin's Creed obviously. Oh
0: man, that movie is so
1: so boring. <laughs> I've never even seen it. I just think it's hilarious that Michael Fassbender is in that.
0: What's funny is that um he it was the same director who did Macbeth with Michael Fassbender. Oh, we what did we watch that Yeah, and we and it watched was good. that Macbeth, and it's great. It's a it's possibly my favourite um Shakespeare adaptation. Um but yeah, he <laughs> he was also in bloody Assassin's Creed, incredibly boring film. Um which yeah, I, I I think there was something about it where he could only make Macbeth if he also agreed to do Assassin's Creed <laughs> with the director or something like that.
1: <laughs> that um, is that is driving a hard bargain.
0: <laughs> what amazes me though is that the Assassin's Creed games aren't boring. They're very good fun. Yeah. Um but
1: that's like for every Shakespeare adaptation, there then has to be like a sort of boring, bad make of, remake of a game. Yes, Maybe that's yeah. how we ended up with Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, which is not how boring, which is brilliant. <laughs> I played um, the demo of the, the new Prince of Persia game, By the way, it is absolutely incredible. I'm waiting oh, for Payday to actually Amazing. buy it, but it's, it's superb. It's like one of the best Metroidvanias to come out in years. Oh, great,
0: because I used to love the Prince of Persia games when I was a kid. Um, and then they kind of got taken over by Assassin's <coughs> Creed. Assassin's Creed kind of took over that niche, that Ubisoft. Yeah. So it's nice to and see it, one come back.
1: It's a bit too serious, though. They they don't have the goof factor of Prince of
0: Persia. It's I true. Think. It's true. They don't, which is a shame. Um, but to bring it back around again, director of Assassin's Creed, Justin Kerzel, did an amazing movie the other year, The True History of the Kelly Gang, based on... Oh, and Russell Crowe is in that. And yeah. Who's in that? Called Russell Crowe.
1: I have no interest in watching that, but you
0: yeah. really should. Actually, it is great and very odd. You, you think it if you go into it thinking that it's going to be like a, a a biopic of of Ned Kelly, it's not. It's actually a really interesting film that does lots of has lots of very strange artistic flourishes. So, and see, you-
1: it's a bushranger film, so like an Australian western, also known as a meat pie western or kangaroo <laughs> western, or a bushranger film,
0: mate meat pie western i love that term um genuinely worth watching though the true history of the kelly gang is really an excellent film um and you also get to see uh russell crowe sing a song about how police people are (laughs) uh, which is he actually used the c word he does yeah um which yeah i don't know if you want to beep that on this podcast you can beep that out i can't be bothered (laughs) (laughs) I'm, quite, no, I will, I'm, I I'm quote. I'm quoting Russell Crowe in True History of the Kelly Gang. When yeah, I yeah. That. it's genuinely, genuinely a really good film. Um. Anyway, uh, A Good Year is a film that does exist that we're meant to be talking about right now.
1: It does. It's it's funny because even though it's quite long and there's the, there's a lot to unpack, there's actually not necessarily loads to say about it, is there? It's all quite surface level, isn't it? The film.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's so slick, and the performances are so good from everybody that you just sort of think... It, it's weird that there's this, like, emptiness behind it
1: The pacing, I thought, was quite odd. Mm. I think there were... Every scene was either too long or too short, I think. So, like, just as it was getting into something, it would jump to something else, but then it would spend... 15 minutes of him in a restaurant with Marion Cartier talking about nothing and Mm. you're just like, what is going on?
0: And that's another one of the reasons why that romantic element didn't work is that it took that pacing out to have him making some little quips with her and making some vaguely romantic comments with her and then helping her at the restaurant and you're just like, this is very strange it does not flow well from one bit to another. Um, no. as as much as I do I find this movie a very comforting movie to watch but there's a lot of issues with it <laughs> yeah. along the way see
1: yeah. I did I do not find this comforting at all I, I actually ah. found it quite irritating and it was like <laughs> even though every, every time it felt like it was about to make some kind of serious dramatic move oh no sorry we're going to cut to Tom Hollander doing something goofy and no offence to Tom Hollander because he's great but it, he, he was quite irritating in this as well
0: did you not enjoy how in inex- it inexplicably horny he was for Abby Cornish in this film. Oh yeah, no I, just I thought the he brought an element of, of good horn. Outrageous horn levels <laughs> out of nowhere just suddenly <laughs> pure horn Yeah um, yeah, it's, it's uh, and again it's really strange that kind of element that, you know, it's not necessarily a very horny movie but then when you see Tom, when Tom Hollander gets introduced to Abby Cornish it's just like Jesus Christ, the, horn, the hornometer is going off the charts here fellas <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is good, because up until this point, there hadn't been enough horn for a film set in Provence.
0: <laughs> no, there should be lots for of For a one. film
1: in which yeah, Russell Crowe fall, falls into a swimming pool and then it fills up with shitty water. <laughs> that was probably my favourite moment of the film, to be honest.
0: It should have turned into Saw at that point, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it did kind of weirdly have that vibe. Yeah. At- actually, to be honest, a clever director could have done that, where the first third of the movie tees it up as this kind of cosy, romantic film but then he gets put into a pool and then it's, it's slowly filling with shit water. Yeah. Like, like that movie where Ryan Reynolds is buried alive and it suddenly turns into one of those claustrophobic thrillers. Or yeah. 127 Hours, it suddenly does a shift into that and you're just like, oh my God, I'm stuck in the shit pool.
1: Yeah, Albert Finney's ghost appears and says, would you like to play a game? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we're doing it. We're making a good year remake. Hero finds Tiffin. Yep. Starts, a bad year. <laughs> starts off as a romantic movie, as you'd expect. Uh, then he gets stuck in a pool and it fills with shit water. And here's the twist. We do it all for real. It's a snuff yeah. movie. and we, <laughs> we drown Hero finds Tiffin in shit
1: water. It's just, yeah, a real plot to murder Hero finds Tiffin. We've and heard, you've it heard it all about all the same breath. <laughs>
0: You've heard all about how Boyhood <laughs> took twelve years to make, and it's a great atmospheric piece for that because of the realism. You did don't it really took twelve years. It really took twelve whole years to make Boyhood. Have Isn't we done that, an episode on Boyhood? I don't think. Have we done? Did we do an episode, and that's why we keep mocking it? Or have don't we think never, we have. <laughs> we just not done it.
1: I think I liked it, but I, I don't think we did. Let me, let me. I'm gonna have to look.
0: But but everyone goes on about about boyhood, you know, having this twelve years to make thing that makes it really atmospheric and real. And it's like Did oh, it really the take realism, twelve years to make the, the realism is so powerful. They don't know realism until you've watched Hero Finds Tiffin genuinely drown in shit water <laughs> on screen. And then the last ten minutes are just his corpse floating in the shit water. <laughs> No, no dialogue, no voiceover, no music—just the steady so slush dark. of shit water against his against his clothes as he lies there upside down in the shit water. And then we have not done boyhood. Cuts to black. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I think this is going to be our magnum opus, Paddy.
1: I've typed in boys, and all I'm getting is oh, sorry, boy. In our our episodes, all I'm getting is to all the boys I've loved before. Ah.
0: Uh, Okay, we should do Boyhood at some point then.
1: We should, yeah. It's very long, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> the problem. And I think I've ever watched it. you know uh, I, I took. I, I think
1: I liked it. I like Richard Linklater o- overall. But, you know, we haven't even done all the Before Sunrise, have
0: we? We only no, did the first, we have, one. haven't we? We did yeah. the first one. We haven't done the There any are more of those. This. I like A Scanner Dark, Episode 38 um, of his. Um, and I like. Um, I like bits and bobs. Did he do? Didn't he do like School of Rock or something?
1: School of Rock, like I think, is the only film he directed which he did not write. Uh-huh. Um, and School of Rock is a classic. School of Rock is a ten out of ten incredible film. There, there is, it's a perfect film, no notes.
0: Because we did Before Sunrise, didn't we? That's the one yes. We did. um, so we should do Before Sunset. We should do School of Rock. Um, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do a Scanner Darkly. <laughs> I'm not sure how well it fits. That's like a, I like it,
1: but that's like a, we'll get around to it at some point, yeah, is when we've, we when we really, really have a desire to talk about rotoscoping.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I want to talk about rotoscoping all the time. I mean, if we're going to talk about, you know, Prince of Persia wasn't the first the first games of that done using rotoscope to I think to get it the models. Was,
1: yeah, I think you're right. Um, well, let's do let's do a themed month on rotoscoping. <laughs> How many yeah, movies we have, we do use... we do a theme month? Theme that's what we always do.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna put in rotoscope. Rotoscope URI. <laughs> oh, so apparently they used it for. Apparently they used it for Titan AE. Which What's that? I love. You ain't never seen Titan AE?
1: No. Oh,
0: I think that's on Disney Plus, you know. It's oh, Don, and it's
1: used a lot in like Ralph Bakshi's weird shit. Yeah, show, Don isn't it? Bluth and and Ralph Bakshi yeah. used
0: it a lot. So we could do a we could do a like wizards and heavy metal and yeah and that stuff and then end on a scanner Darkly. I don't know if any of these movies have romance in though. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, a guaranteed way to get people to not listen
0: to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we could we could do a Ralph Bakshi month where we just watched like. Wizards hey, we already did Cool Fire World. Yeah,
1: Lord of the Rings, and
0: yeah, we did Cool World before.
1: That's a hell of a film. Oh, Cool World a lot of problems with that film but i'd still rather watch that again than watch a good year i hope i never watch a good year again no offense to ridley scott or russell crowe or anyone involved in that film because they're all good that's the thing everyone in that film is really good abby cornish great really good performance but like yeah it's just yeah for me
0: i i i have a soft spot for it like i said i think there's something cozy about it that i enjoy um
1: He's too much of a dick for it to be cosy is the <laughs> difficulty. His character is so obnoxious and objectionable I just, I didn't connect with the character at all, even though his performance was spot on
0: Yeah, and I th- I think maybe a lot of the problem lies with the source material here is there's only so much you can do with a book that is just expat the novel.
1: Yeah, 100% um,
0: And I, yeah, I wonder how much of that is you know it, it, it is down to that, but I, I still enjoyed it. I'll probably end up watching it again at some point when I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do today. Let's put on a good year. Let's let's look at some nice bits of French countryside.
1: Yeah, but there wasn't even as much of that as I, I thought there'd be. As mostly just the crumbling house and the the vineyard and a little bit of like him in the village, in the restaurant being annoying and annoying <laughs> her. What going to annoy Marion Cotillard while she's at work?
0: <laughs> and I find it funny how, how they make fun of the like American tourists um, in that one scene when British tourists are just as bad as American tourists yeah. um, in France with that stuff. I found that very funny. It's like, okay, we've got a bit of smug brick going on here. From an, from an aussie director but i imagine i bet that's in the plot i bet there's lots of bits in the original novel which are like and then these americans turned up and i didn't like that because i'm a british person in france yeah and definitely. that makes me inherently superior
1: the smug tone of it yeah is definitely from someone who thinks <laughs> that all americans are ignorant gun-toting you know, texans <laughs>
0: which to be fair a lot of them are but I'm not here to make Americans sound good. I'm here to make sure that people recognize that British people are also shit.
1: British people are also very bad. Yeah. <laughs> Ourselves, these We're mean- not
0: big enough Americans <laughs> here. Americans deserve what they get in terms of reputation. But us Brits are just as bad. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should be in the shit pool, is what I'm saying. Everyone should be drowning in liquid shit.
1: Yeah. That's the, the the logical conclusion. That's how the world's <laughs> going to end, isn't it? Happy. You know, turn new that tap year. on and just not turn it off.
0: Oh dear. It's um, the
1: first of February. It's not. It's, it's the new. It's not the new year anymore.
0: <laughs> um, have you got anything else you want to say about a good year?
1: Um, just that the, the, the kind of dramatic. The new moon didn't really work because it spent ages on all the. Oh
0: look at me! I'm using the word. denouement. I'm using French word. It's a French. It's a <laughs>
1: film about France. I'll use a French word. No. Right? <laughs> I'm brushing up my, fr- my French because we're going to France and the summer we're going. Oh, you're going Paris. to f-
0: Oh, you're going to Disneyland? Amazing! Yeah.
1: So I know it's not real France. I know is it? It's like fake, is it the like young one's
0: France. first first trip there?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna love it. So they're gonna they're gonna love it. I've yeah. never been. I've been to the one in Hong Kong and that's it. Because obviously my wife's been hundreds of times. But amazing. Did you go as a kid?
0: No. I well I went on you a went school to France trip all the time. You used to go like to France a, all the time. You're
1: vaguely French, aren't you?
0: uh well my mum used to live in france and then we used to go over there like every summer that's um, right so yeah so i know france well i know the bit of france we used to go to well and i like i like france and i like french culture a lot um yeah. but didn't go to disneyland until a school trip when i was like i don't know secondary school
1: oh that's a that's a good school trip
0: yeah, well, we went to Paris for a school trip, and then the final day they did Disneyland. Okay, so it was like it was like four days or three days.
1: So you do all cultural and stuff, like, and then it's like you get one day to go there. You and get you just one day like, to just go loose. on Space
0: Mountain like twenty times in a row. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no. So I hadn't been until then, um, which was yeah, which was really good fun. Um, but, and yeah, never been since. Uh, my my French uh, theme park of choice was Futuroscope. What's the I've
1: never heard of that.
0: Imagine, if you will, the future circa 1985. Please tell me it's now abandoned
1: and you can go there and like see all the abandoned rides. It's still
0: going, it's still going. Um, it's like a sort of science based theme park, I suppose, kind of like a French version of Epcot. Okay, future, I think is the kind of thing. Oh, wow. what they used to be known for was things like simulator rides. So they there's like a big IMAX screen, and you move along to like a a a, 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 um, a minecart ride oh. or things like that. This um, looks really cool. And then cool. like laser shows and hologram shows and things like that. This actually looks wicked. Yeah, I used I to we really used to go, go there here. every so often, and it was really it was really lovely and really unique, and didn't really feel like anything else um there used to be this amazing one where it was like a 360 degree imax screen that went under your feet and then you followed the path of like butterflies flying in the air and you flew with them and things there was lots of cool things like that
1: awesome
0: we'll um i'm not sure if it's still as good as that or if they toned down or they may well have toned down all of the weird artistic french stuff to replace it with Junk, yeah, <laughs> these days. But, um, but it was really cool. I used to really love going there when I was a kid. Oh, this looks really cool. Um, close to uh Bordeaux and La Rochelle airports. All if right. anyone is interested in travelling to go to Future Escape, this yeah. this episode of the podcast brought to you by Future Escape, brought to you by France. Yes, yes. Um, I think um Poitiers is the nearest, like town to it right um so uh yeah but yeah no it was it was uh, i used to love Futuroscope. that was the one that, that i used to go to when i was over in france they should make a film um, where
1: russell crowe goes there
0: <laughs> that'd be amazing i'd love that he inherits futuriscope <laughs> from yeah. an incredibly rich uncle
1: <laughs> and now he's and going to he's become like, like a theme park I'm guy
0: to, i'm going to sell it to disney to make disneyland 2 and yeah. He's like, but wait, I love these weird science based rides. Falls really in love with a work.
1: waitress at one of the like Futuroscope robot cafes.
0: Yes, <laughs> exactly.
1: And then goes and annoys her <laughs> while she's at work. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, have you got anything else you want to say about a about I'd
1: like to say Lance Armstrong
0: so i've got i've got a little bit of trivia for you also
1: his phone kept ringing and it had the most irritating ringtone ever and it really pissed me off oh yeah it was really great
0: 2006 (laughs) uh, mobile phone um so every scene of the film except those scenes in london was shot within eight minutes of ridley scott's home in provence so again that might have been a reason why. I think it, to... <laughs> it was a good year for Ridley Scott. It was a good year for him, wasn't it? He just got to hang out in his home in Provence and then make a movie. And probably a good year for everyone involved because they got to just go and hang out in Provence for a bit and make a make a movie that didn't require them to like jump out of a moving car. Yeah. Or get scared by a big monster. They just got to hang about and drink fake wine. Or
1: have an alien burst out of their
0: stomach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and apparently the owner of the vineyard where uh, it was all set appears as a cameo um, in uh, in uh, one of the scenes at the restaurant oh very good uh, which is nice Um, so yeah I think that would probably do for trivia how are we going to rate this
1: let's see how many bottles of subpar illegal wine are you selling onto the black market
0: mm, so I'm going to be selling 13 bottles of illegal
1: wine not bad not bad yeah this is this is like not even a Bon Jovi for me I'm going to go 9 yeah. however possible 20 because uh, all, all of which mm, no all of which goes to the actors who are all very very good but yeah overall I found this film very irritating
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, fair enough fair enough
1: like I maybe cuz you spent a lot of time in France you have like a, a nostalgic coziness for it. I've, I've been to France a number of times but I haven't spent time there like you have I think.
0: I mean my experience of France is very different from this cuz this comes from the perspective of a rich expat instead of I thought you went to vineyards class. all the
1: time when you were a kid.
0: <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. Um instead instead of just the incredibly middle class person that I am. Um you know, it's a very different experience being in, like, an old farmhouse in France, um, in an old farming village. You're telling me you're not is...
1: the UK's answer to the Wolf of Wall Street.
0: <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I will be a wolf in Wall Street in that I will go around... Dressed as a wolf. Canary wolf, dressed as a wolf. <laughs> canary wolf. <laughs> canary wolf, exactly. That's
1: There's your um, horror film, yeah. Oh, canary wolf
0: okay right who wants to fund us to make a movie called canary wolf <laughs> which is where which i, is I about... work
1: by the way so i could do it quite easily just, just yeah so we wolf. could
0: yeah we could we could get you know someone running around just murdering bankers in canary wolf dressed as a wolf that's a great there's a great choice for a movie
1: that actually could be quite a good one and then everyone's too scared to go to work and then the economy crashes and then yeah Russell Crowe reveals yeah. it was all him.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Anyway, what have we got next?
1: I don't know. Is it my turn or your turn?
0: It is your turn.
1: Oh, I don't know. I haven't thought of anything.
0: Okay, well, so, since you haven't thought of anything, should we do the the random Disney? Well,
1: although I was texting you, wasn't I, about the Castle of Cagliostro and how amazing it is? So would that would that be something quite different? A nice sort of palate cleanser.
0: It would be. Is it romantic enough?
1: Yeah, there's. Well, the, like they don't really get together at the end, but the whole thing is kind of driven by his sort of vague, by sort of vague corniness. I would say.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, and he's
1: like talked about as a womanizer and stuff, isn't he? It's, that's. I guess that's the opposite of romance in many ways. <laughs> well, that's all it's... I got. Do the random generator, and then you can, and you then, can, can and then you can choose. Okay, so. <laughs> I just want to talk about how much I, I genuinely loved that film. Like I hadn't really seen it until quite recently. Um and it's it really blew me away. I wasn't expecting much from a sort of early like pre studio Ghibli Miyazaki's directorial debut and it absolutely blew me away. But
0: Yeah, it's one of the things where I watched it after I'd watched How's Moving Castle and Um Spirited Away, I went through and watched quite a lot of them and it's one of the early ones I watched and thought, Oh wow, this is great. Loved it. Um. Anyway, give me a number between one and four. Three, and give me a number between one and twelve. Twelve. We have got something called Rye Lane.
1: Rye Lane. I've never heard of it.
0: Um, from breakout director Rain Allen Miller, Rye Lane is a romantic comedy. Um about Domin Yaz, 20 20-somethings both reeling from bad breakups who connect over the course of an eventful day in South London. Oh no, I
1: saw a trailer for this. I saw a trailer for this and I thought it looked good.
0: Okay, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, let's do it. I think that okay. sounds really Rye good. Okay, we'll Rye Lane. we park the Castle of Cagliostro for another time. We'll do it
0: another time. Rye Lane, yeah. perfect.
1: This. Oh yeah, I thought this looked really good actually
0: cool i don't know anything about this so i'm very happy to go in um with with nothing in mind around it but that sounds fun that sounds like a good a good a good thing
1: sweet all right well it's nice to be back and thanks a lot for listening in really really appreciate it hopefully we're going to be doing this more regularly now um when we're back back on the horse he's got the goddamn horse (laughs) um you can find us on Twitter at Big Boys not Pod. You can email us Big Podcast at gmail.com if you want to share your thoughts about Russell Crowe being a great man. Um, and we'll be back next week to talk about Ray Lane. Alrighty,
0: bye-bye. All right. bye bye bye.